Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 58 minus 10, otherwise known as 48, of Sports Bar Talk. Football season's right around the corner. Shout out to Anders for that. Beep And welcome to episode 48 of Sports Bar Talk. The first real episode of Sports Bar Talk during my summer vacation. That felt good to say. Back on break. It's going to be a fun summer of making podcasts, making content for you guys, whether it be these weekly episodes or if something big breaks in the sports world, a special 48.5 episode of of the of this beautiful show where reminder, when I do one of those half podcasts, you don't get much of the fanfare. We get straight to the point, no music, no restaurant of the week, no food of the week. We get straight to the point. We don't we don't cut cut no dolly dolly. That was a weird saying. I made that up. We, what I meant to say is we don't got time for no, no, you know what. We get right into it on those half episodes. I know I'm rambling right now. No reason why. But we have a lot of sports to get into today. We have just a little bit of the rundown for you. The NFL schedule's out. We're gonna in a second here. We're gonna get into that in a second. Some of the big games. I know a lot of people have asked for my prediction on the Pittsburgh Steelers, what their record's going to be. I will give that to you. Um, that's the only team schedule I've really dug deep into yet. So, But we'll go over some of the notable games in a second. We'll, we'll go over the Medina Spirit incident with the Kentucky Derby, the positive drug test, why he's allowed to race, and we'll break the field down for that race because that's today on Saturday or tomorrow if you're listening on a Friday. And then it's another pay-per-view week in the UFC. UFC 262, Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. We'll preview that and a little bit of the card as we go along here. But this is Sports Bar Talk. And hold up. And we got the best seat in the house. And the NFL schedule is officially out. If you were watching whatever morning show you love to watch on Thursday morning, whether it be Good Morning America, Fox and Friends, Today Show, CBS this morning, they announced on their morning shows the week one schedules of games. Today Show, of course, announced the first Sunday night game and the kickoff game because they have those two games. CBS this morning announced week CBS's slate for week one. Fox and Friends announced Fox's week one slate of football games. And, of course, Good Morning America announced the first Monday night football game. Keep in mind, no Monday night doubleheader this year anymore because they get a doubleheader game on the final on week 18 in on a Saturday, and that will be broadcast on ABC. So, different there. Remember, we have 17 games now. Each team gets a bye, so we have 18 weeks of regular season football. And the primetime slate, I looked at this, it's very juicy. I mean, look at some of these games we have. We have now the opening game to kick off the season I think is pretty good. I 
Cowboys and Buccaneers. I did not think the Cowboys would be chosen. I know they were on the they're on the opponent's schedule this year for Tampa, but if you look at this, I dug deep into the storylines for this game potentially. This is actually a really good game. I mean, the Bucks, they kept all 22 all of their starters on offense and defense, which has never happened. That was the first time since like 1970s. In that era, that was very interesting to me. You've got the ageless Brady, who, when he plays out there, he looks like he's 25 as compared to 44 or 45 or whatever the heck his age is. Um, but it's a it's a good way to start the season off with a bang. I mean, the past we really haven't had good season openers. The last two years, you know, we they were they were close. Bears Packers that was a close game, but Aaron Rodgers, of course, did it. Um, and then last year we had Chiefs Texans. That game wasn't really close. But there was hype because it was Watson versus Mahomes and whatnot. Uh, but this time, and when you dig into the storyline, so Tampa, we know them coming through. Banner raising night. But Dallas, I, this one surprised me. And then I dug deep in. I was like, this is actually a really good game. You know, Dallas, they've shared some things up on the defensive side of the ball. They brought in a couple weapons for Dak as well. Zeke. Dak, of course, coming off of the injury. How will that ankle look? We'll see in preseason. I'm sure he'll get some. Uh, game time, and it's gonna be fun to see Prescott back. This offense will look good. This will be a high-scoring affair, in my opinion, uh, when we get closer to the football game. Um, and also, Dallas comes in, new defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, comes from Atlanta, um, and he's a really good defensive coordinator, better defensive coordinator than he was head coach. Um, so that'll be a very, that'll be a very fun game. Uh, another notable game on the schedule, October 10th, Week 5, Sunday Night Football, Bills and Chiefs, rematch of the AFC Championship, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they'll both be in the running for MVP this season, I predict, Mahomes, we already know what he can do, Allen kind of does some of the same stuff, but he, he can throw a good deep ball as well, good wide receivers matchups, you have Kelsey and Hill, for Kansas City, Diggs, Beasley, Gabe Davis for Buffalo. Um, running back side of the ball, they both have issues to fix as well. But that will be a very fun game. Um, here's a primetime game I think no one's talking about that I think is really, it's intriguing. September 30th, it's the Thursday night game. It's on NFL Network, week four. It's, it's the Jags and Bengals. Now you're like... Why, Alex, are you spotlighting the Jags and Bengals? Well, it's the last two number one picks going off against each other in Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. And this will be a fun game. And I actually loved watching Burrow play before he got hurt last season. Lawrence, we are... I, I don't buy the hype with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a pretty overrated quarterback, you know, playing at Clemson there. I think we'll really see what he's he's like. And then... The Jags, the Jags signing Tim Tebow. What a what a terrible, what a publicity stunt idea that was. That's all that was was Tim was a publicity stunt, and you're taking away an opportunity from a kid who will probably contribute to your football team a tight end, a much more five times better than what Tebow ever will. So I see the Tim Tebow signing as more as a publicity stunt than an actual move. I wouldn't be surprised if Tebow's cut after preseason week three. If that happens, we will know it's a publicity stunt. Um, I love Tebow, but Tebow's time in the NFL is well past. He, you know, he did he after he retired, 
joins ESPN, becomes a college football analyst. He was great at that. He does minor league baseball. You're thinking, oh no. But then you realize minor league baseball, it's in the summer. Doesn't really affect his ESPN work. He ruins his TV gig to basically do this publicity stunt. And there's no guarantee he might be back in television. What if he gets really badly hurt? He had a great life. In the fall, breaking down football, X's and O's. In the rest of the year, preaching to the choir. I don't think, yes, Jesus is supposed to be happy, but if I was Jesus up in heaven right now, I would not be happy at Tim Tebow for taking a spot away from a kid who deserves it more. Tebow's already got enough. He's paid his dues in the NFL. I see this as more of a publicity stunt. Shame on you, Urban Meyer, for even doing this. Shame on you. And I love Urban Meyer. Because of what he did at Ohio State. But shame on you. And shame on you, Tim Tebow, for taking a spot away from a kid. Publicity stunt. Give me a break. Let's get back to the schedule. Um, some other games I love. Um, okay. All I'm looking at here is the primetime schedule, but I need to see the CBS schedule real quick. While we stall... One thing you might have seen if you saw the week one schedule come out was um, 425, you'll have games on Fox and CBS. Normally we see the 425, both networks broadcast in 425. We only see that once, and that's in the final week of the season. Not sure why they're doing it in week one. I, I, there, I don't know if I saw anything in the TV deals or whatnot. Um... But I'm looking for more notable games. Let's just piggy to the Steelers real quick. So, they're the only team I did a deep dive into the schedule of. Um, And, quite frankly, I only saw... I'm going to be brutally honest with you. And I know some... I might get some hate for this prediction. But, I see the Steelers going at best 8-9. and Um, with With what they've been doing... Now, the defense, I think, is really good, and they'll keep them in some games, but the way Ben played, and it wasn't Ben's fault, in my opinion. It was still Randy Fickner's fault. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be... I just I have low expectations, you know. Yes, they got some alignment in the draft, but those are rookie alignment. We don't know what they're going to do. Yes, Najee Harris will help the running game out, but if you have a good O-line that can block, he'll be useful. If you don't, Najee won't be good. I mean, and their first four games, now they have Buffalo to start the season. Week four, they play Green Bay. They go to Green Bay. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers might not be there, but the absolute next week, they play Denver, so... They're going to face Aaron either way. Now, the Steelers do dodge a bullet here. They go to Buffalo week one and week four Green Bay. They're going to the two tough weather cities before the bad weather comes in. So, they do dodge a bullet there and whatnot. Um, but I there's I have the Ravens sweeping them. I do have them beating the Browns at least once um, in the division games. I think I have them sweeping the Bengals. 
Um, there are some swing games that they're going to need to win. The Chargers game, they're going to need to win. And that is going to be the game the week before Thanksgiving. That's the Sunday night game on NBC. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. The Vikings game is a big swing game. It looks easy on paper, but that's a Thursday night game. And we know the four-day rest you get from the Sunday to the Thursday night. Um, so, yeah. So, I have the Steelers going 8-9. and nine. I don't think they're going to do well. In fact... I'm low-key kind of rooting for them to not make the playoffs because I would love to see Tomlin ousted. I mean, ever since the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon fiasco, this has not been the same Pittsburgh Steelers team. Um, do I think they could easily go 11-0? and Yeah. Um, but they have the toughest schedule in the league, and... The way they played last year down the stretch against a lot of these same teams that they're going to be playing, I have a lot of questions. And um, they play the Chiefs Week 16, for example. Maybe the Chiefs will have the one seed locked up by then and Mahomes will be rested. That, that's all we can hope for. Um, but I don't see Pittsburgh contending in that game at all. Um, the I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, the Steelers will not do well this year, in my opinion. Um. And I think you see that reflected in Vegas as well with the odds um, as well. Notable games. Week 2, we get Mahomes and Jackson again. Um, I've kind of I've gone way too late on how I wanted to talk about this. But Week 9, two more games on the spotlight. Week 9, Packers-Chiefs. That's a very big game if Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. And we still don't know. We still don't know what's going to happen. With A-Rod. Someone from the Packers needs to come out and say something. Or A-Rod just needs to go on Pat McAfee and say something. We got to find out. We got to find out. And then week four. Brady returns to Foxborough. Yes. The Bucks take on the Ravens. Tom Brady and Gronk, for that matter, will be back in Gillette. I have to imagine they will cheer the heck out of Tom for the warm-ups and when he gets introduced. I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if Rob Robert Kraft decides to have a little ceremony to honor him and maybe they even retire his jersey right there on the spot. Um, I'd love to see that. Um, but then when the game starts, they're going to treat him like an enemy. They did it for Adam Vinatieri. Um, they're going to be rooting hard for their Patriots to win. Um, a lot of questions with the Patriots. Will Mac Jones be under center by then? Will it still be Cam? I hope it's still Cam. Um, but we'll see. Um, this is going to be a fun game. Uh, and I, I don't. I think there is. This is the most hype ever for a regular season football game since maybe. The Colts and Patriots, when both were going in undefeated. Can't wait for that. Cannot wait. All right, real quick. Let's recap. The, let's go through Kentucky Derby. Medina Spirit has a positive drug test. Baffert denies it. The next day, denies it even more with some weird theory. Even goes on to blame cancel culture. 
which there was already a bad black eye on the sport enough as it is, and he made it worse. Tuesday, comes out and says, oh, well, we were treating a pimple basically on the horse's butt, and the vet gave him an ointment that contained the banned substance. We didn't know. I feel like for medical reasons, this should be exempt. And it sounds like at the Maryland Jockey Club in partnership with the Maryland Racing Commission, they're allowing Baffert and his horses to come, but they are getting vigorously drug tested, like consistently. I think they're getting tested once a day, and then on race day, Medina Spirit's going to get tested like two or three times a day, maybe even two times after the race. Now, Baffert is not flying to Maryland because that he'd probably get booed a lot, and Protecting yourself is important. So Baffert's assistant is in Pimlico right now. Um, so Baffert's not there. You won't. So when you watch the coverage, he won't be there. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they got him for an interview uh, via satellite. Tariko can do that sometimes. So we'll see. But Medina Spirit still in the race. Baffert is another horse in this race too. Concert Tour, um, who was supposed to go in the Kentucky Derby but scratched. Um, but, Medina Spirit, same jockey as last time. Big John Velasquez. They're 9-5 to five on the morning line. Concert Tour is the second choice. Also trained by Baffert, you get the legend Mike Smith aboard. Both Mike Smith and John Velasquez, they're both legends and they're Hall of Famers. Uh, a couple of new shooters in the race. Crowded Trade, the third choice. Chad Brown, the trainer. You got rider Javier Castellano. Uh, Ron, Ron Bauer, Mike McCartney trains, Flavian Pratt rides, and then a couple other mid-price shots. Both of these 15-1, to 1, unbridled honor. You got Todd Pletcher as the trainer with Luis Saez, and then risk-taking, Chad Brown trains, Jose Ortiz rides. Coverage of the Preakness Sticks, and if you're watching on Friday, you can catch the Black-Eyed Susan at 3 o'clock on NBCSN. That goes for like two hours. Then, on Preakness Day, the first race is at 10.40 or 10.30. You can catch the undercard races on TVG. That is channel 602 on DirecTV. You'll have to look it up for your, your other cable provider, because I don't know what it is, but TVG is like the ESPN of horse racing. That's all they show. Horse racing, horse racing, horse racing. So TVG. Then I believe at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock, the coverage goes over to NBCSN for a little bit. Then at 5, they pick it up on on your local NBC station. And if you're a uh, Capitals fan, you better tune in at 5 because right after the race, it leads right into the Bruins-Capitals playoff game. The NHL playoffs are here. I don't normally talk about hockey, but I am obligated to talk about the playoffs. We'll get in. I believe we'll get into that next week. Plus, I've been holding this off for a while. We've known it. We are. We know who has the other half of the NHL TV deal. I had promised I would reveal. We know ESPN has the other half of the has the main part of the package, but the other part we'll find out who that is next week. It's a very very surprising guess. I didn't think this would happen. It's not NBC. They're not retaining the package. So if you loved NBC's hockey coverage, enjoy the playoffs while you can. This is it for NBC uh, and the NHL. All right, real quick. 
UFC 262 in Houston, Texas. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. And I've talked about Michael Chandler on this podcast before. He, of course, fought in January. He defeated Dan Hooker with that knockout at Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Um, Chandler, of course... A lot of people kind of in the UFC, in the lightweight division, mad at Chandler because he comes in and kind of disrupts the plans of the division. Comes over from Bellator, which is like the main rival of the UFC. Um, and comes in, knocks out Hooker, and now gets instantly rewarded with a title shot. This is going to be his second ever UFC fight, and it's for a title shot. Now, Chandler has fought with the best of them in Bellator, so I'm not worried about him. But Charles Oliveira, in his last fight, dominated... Tony Ferguson, who is fighting in the co-main event of this fight. And we'll get to Tony in a second. But Oliveira, very good fighter. He can wrestle really good. He's really, he's just a decent guy. But Chandler has the knockout power. The odds for this, Oliveira's the favorite at minus 134. Chandler is the dog at plus 110. So it's very much, you could say, a pick'em fight. I believe it's more of a pick'em fight than the odds show. Now, co-main event. Tony Ferguson. He has not looked good his last two fights. He used to be this guy, and his nickname is El Kakui. He used to be this guy that had ferocious power. And, of course, he was supposed to fight Khabib. He was supposed to fight Khabib. They tried to get the fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov. They've tried to book it three times. It's never going to happen because Khabib's retired. Um, they tried to book it once, I think, one, twice, two times some, someone got hurt. The third time, the coronavirus happened. They were supposed to fight in April of 2020 in, in Brooklyn. It didn't happen. It won't happen. Ferguson comes in. Last two fights, he's not looked good. He fight, fought Gaethje for the interim belt back last May. Looked terrible. And then he gets destroyed by Oliveira. Now he comes in. He's going to be fighting Benil Dariush, who is a very good fighter. And the odds reflect it. He's minus 152. Ferguson's plus 125. I believe he's a good wrestler. And this is a big fight for Darius because this would put him in the lightweight picture if he can win. Darius, by the way, fights out of Iran. And is 20 and 4, his record 24 and 1. But Ferguson's the number 5 ranked lightweight. Darius is number 9. Darius with a win can get into the lightweight title picture. I can't wait for this fight. Other fights I like on this main card. I like to watch Edson Barbosa and Shane Burgos in the featherweight division. And we also have some Bantamweights going. And Caitlin Shakugian fights. And then on the prelims portion on ESPN, which is free, Jacare Souza fights Andre Munez. Love watching Jacare fight. A legend of the game. Absolute legend. That is the main event on the free portion of the card. The prelims portion. And we have Antonina Shevchenko fighting. That is Valentina's sister. If you're a big UFC fan, you know who Valentina Shevchenko is. The second best woman's UFC fighter right now in the UFC. Behind the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. Um, so that's fun. Alright. The early prelim. Where can you watch these fights? So the early prelims get started at 6.30. You can catch that on two places, either ESPN Plus or UFC Fight Pass. 
Then at 8, the prelims shift over to ESPN+. And if you have cable, you can catch it on ESPN. 100% free. Then the pay-per-view starts at 10. And if you're in the U.S., you can only purchase this through ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Which means you have to subscribe to ESPN Plus to get the pay-per-view. Um, so, that's the UFC. Let's get to the restaurant of the week. A place I had never been to or heard of until I was in beautiful New Wilmington, Pennsylvania last week, visiting my grandma. Um, this place is delicious. The address is Mercer, Pennsylvania, but it's in between Mercer and Grove City. On 787 Mercer Grove City Road, Talbot's Tap Room and Terrace. <laughs> Let's now. I've only been here once, but I've seen the menu. There were like eight things I wanted to get at this place. We'll get to what I got in a second, but they have wings. They have hot garlic parm wings, garlic parm wings, honey mustard. Hot honey mustard, garlic butter, and who doesn't love garlic butter? Chili, Thai chili barbecue. They have so many great wing flavors. They have crab dip. They have brie dip. They have New York pretzels. And pretzels, your soft pretzels at a restaurant in Mercer County are a big deal. They have pepperoni balls. Those are just the appetizers. They're known here for their bowls. I forget what bowl my mom got. It might have been off the specials list. Actually, I don't remember what she got. But, they have a couple bowls here that I like the names of. Have you seen my flannel? Pulled pork, pork belly croutons, and watermelon barbecue high. With a deep fried stuffed jalapeno an eighth white cheddar mac and cheese. Take me to church. They also have the proud ginza, which is a bunch of Pittsburgh-style stuff. They got the kielbasa, the caramelized onions, the bacon, the cheddar jack cheese base. Four cheese pierogies, sour cream, and scallions. I thought that said Cheerios. I was like, yeah. All right. Well, I'm running out of time, so let's get to what I got very quickly. I got... The Mardi Gras ravioli. This was shrimp. This was lobster ravioli and a Cajun cream sauce topped with shrimp. And when I say it was delicious, it was delicious. Might have been the best lobster ravioli I've ever had. Now, I've had it before at Black and Blue in beautiful Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Um... But this was really good. The Cajun cream sauce was amazing. It wasn't too spicy. Um, it was delicious. I'd love to try the aged white cheddar mac and cheese here. This, this was a great place. My grandma got the jalapeno chicken. And she liked it, I believe. Um, but I don't want to put words in her mouth. The ribs here, I hear, are also very amazing. So, that is Talbot's Taproom and Terrace. In, in between Musa and Grove City. All right. Hey, if you're vaccinated, take your mask off. And if you're not vaccinated, what are you waiting for?
So stay safe. If you're not vaccinated, wear your mask. If you choose to not wear your mask, just be sure the business allows it. And this is Sports Bar Talk. Where we got the best seat in the house! Woo!